We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. A lot of huge comedians didn't want me to open for them because I would do well on stage. And also, I wasn't the hot, young, you know, tits out, showing my asshole comic. So, um, I mean, I am, and I'm still not the day opener. So, <laughs> how do you think I feel? I'm like, we're in bikinis on stage. They're like, we're good. Uh, thanks. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Whoa. Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. It's Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. We're on Skype. Look, I don't, I'm still in New York. I was supposed to go back with my parents, but I lost my phone on Saturday. I left in an Uber, but I wasn't drunk. I was sober moving. So I noticed right when we got out and I called him and he said he couldn't drop it off. Yeah. I've been with somebody who did that before and the Uber's like, oh, I have other stops to make. I'm like, you don't, you are your own boss. (laughs) Yeah. He basically kept saying that. And then we're like, okay, we'll give you like a hundred dollars cash. And he said no. And then we called Uber, like the corporate, whatever. And they said, because they're independent contractors, they're not responsible. So I think because Uber has had so many problems with drivers, like either when they're killing women or molesting them or raping them, which is horrible. So I'm lucky that just my phone was stolen, honestly. I think they've changed their business model. So it's, they're not responsible for anything Uber drivers do. But and like a lost item in the app still like I'm almost positive. yeah you can but they're not legally obligated oh. to the one so it doesn't, like, mean anything. doesn't mean shit doesn't mean jack fucking shit and so fuck uber I was like you should at least turn off his app like he shouldn't be able, allowed to drive if he's stealing items you shouldn't lose your job if you're stealing from customers but uber that will hurt their bottom line so uber's just they're pieces of shit so now I don't have a phone It's very interesting not having a phone because I haven't had one for more than like, I haven't not, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I've been phoneless or wireless. And like, since I've had one, I feel like I need to go to a meeting or something to talk (laughs) about it. I'm just like listening to people's conversations, like looking at any screen around me just to get my fix. Yeah. And I'm so nervous that someone's trying to get a hold of me, but I mean, no one is. I always think I'm like, if somebody, because my last resort, if I was trying to get a hold of somebody would be an email. And I know I can always check email on a computer, but I think that too, I'm like, my computer right now is shot. And I always think I'm like, well, it's not that big of a deal. As long as my phone's charged, if my computer like goes kaput, whatever. But I don't know what I would do if it was the other way around. Like I can go days without a computer. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's just been weird. So I I tweeted about not having a phone and then people got, I deleted it because people got on my case about how 
it was basically like, you know, women die in Ubers and you're complaining about your phone. Look, I'm not saying my life is harder than that. I'm just making a complaint that Uber is a terrible company. So for people- I don't agree with because shit like this has happened in some iteration to all of us. Exactly. But now everyone jumps at you on everything you fucking say. So I was just like, whatever. I guess it's not that big of a deal. The internet is correct. My life is not over. Even though it does kind of feel like a little piece of me has died. Your child has died. So I'm like, what do I do? I guess I could read my Kindle, which has obviously not happened. No. I've just slept more. That's all that's happened is I sleep longer because I'm not up scrolling and then I don't wake up and scroll. I was going to say, I'm like, you might've just like cracked the code on sleeping well. That would be my saving grace. Are you having more meaningful conversations? No, because the person that I'm dating still has his phone. I'm more interrupting his Twitter feed. Right. I don't even know if he's listening to me right now. <laughs> Can you hear me? He's listening to a different podcast. That's how riveting this is. Which one? Bill Burr. Oh, he's listening to Bill Burr's podcast. So no wonder he can't hear me. It's too loud. It's just <laughs> screaming happening. Um, do you have a crazy bitch of the week this week? I don't know. I feel like my attention span for crazy bitches is so short. You know what I will say, though? One of my friends introduced me to this this weekend. I am obsessed with just secrets and I'm nosy and all that stuff. There is an Instagram account. I want to get it right. Called. I don't know if other people know Des about this. I'm super late. What? Demoine. Demoine. Yeah. Whatever it is. Demois. I'm fucking obsessed with it. She told me about it before. I'm like, I don't want to get sucked into that. That seems dumb. Um, It's all I've been looking at all day long. Like reading every story, pausing my life to hold down the screen and read every single detail. And they're talking about like Shia LaBeouf and all this. It's my favorite thing. So spell it. How do you spell it? It's really weird. It is D-E-U-X-M-O-I. They're the curators of pop culture. So it's basically just people submitting like stories. Yeah. And stories. And some people are like in the know source or whatever like you can tell they work with the celebrity and some of them are just people like, oh, I saw this person on the street, blah, blah, blah. Those I care okay, less. A lot of it's fake too, because my friend, Don't well, tell me. okay, I just don't believe half the shit anymore because my friend, Ali Makovsky, who's a comedian, mm-hmm. she was walking down the street and someone took a picture of her from behind and was like, this is where Billie Eilish was. And then she reposted it. It was like, by the way, this isn't Billie Eilish, this is me. And um, so that's why I don't think it's real. Mm. And I also think people probably post random shit to get attention, but it is kind of interesting. I was, I was in a hole for a while. I mean, it's good that you're telling me this now. This is what I need. I need the friend that told me about it on Saturday. And then I need you coming back around like a couple days later, because otherwise this would have been my life for like three weeks. I did actually read one about Christy Teigen and John Legend. And it was like, this waiter was like, oh, Christy Teigen came in before John Legend's performance at SNL her tip alone paid for this waiters even after tip share paid for her art class but they could have been lying and who knows what the tip share is but it was kind of nice to read because I'm not a huge Chrissy T and kind of get to my nerves so she, you're like happy that she's not on Twitter anymore I don't really care like I, I thought that was kind of pretentious too of like you know I just like spreading love to the world I mean I get it people would probably be like where the fuck why isn't she on Twitter but I think it's a little self-important to be like I'm leaving Twitter because of this no, this is but find me on Instagram where the screenshots of my Twitter will be. It's just like, I don't know. I, I do like her, but I, I think she's a little like, I'm better I think than that's you. when you start to realize that somebody who comes across as like very real is so detached from how life actually is. She's coming from a place, I think that's a little, um, she's right is what I guess yeah. the, the vibe I get is like what she says is right. And it's like all knowing and all this shit when it's like, you're actually coming from so much money that like, you don't even know what you're fucking talking about. She still put, I follow her on Instagram. She posts on Instagram every fucking day. I'm like, I'm glad you're hanging out in your robe. Like I will say her whole thing with her miscarriage and all that. Like, I think that was very important because I think that brought that to light, which is a big deal. But like, Otherwise, I don't care that a new pot just came out at Target. I think that's my problem with like celebrities like that and the Kardashians. They're like, guys, you're hurting my feelings. Like, this is my fucking life. And it's I'm like, a tell. money doesn't buy happiness, but it, it fucking helps. It alleviates stress. And that's typically half the reason that people are upset anyways. I know. I'm going to say it, it buys a little bit of happiness. People are like, you can still cry in a Mercedes. And I'm like, yeah, but the temperature is going to be a lot better. 
a lot of things better so and you can call siri to put on a song that you like so let's fucking relax <laughs> some of us don't even have cars some of us don't even have apartments or phones in other news um i i actually i don't know if i should talk about this i was gonna talk about winning the usc lawsuit but i don't think i should talk about it um and they should talk about how rich i'm gonna be this summer so. i mean you'll you'll just see how much happier i am on instagram <laughs> Just, just watch for it. You know what? Wait and watch. Let's just demonstrate this. Yeah. Did Hannah get a helicopter? I'm going to be riding a lion indoor. There you go. Okay. If you were to get really rich, say you were to win the lottery, what's the first thing you would buy? I fucking hate this question because I'm the boring one when it comes to this. Better health insurance? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I actually, you know what I would pay off first? Because like, I would want the fun stuff to happen later. I would want to take the money and be like, okay, what's all the stuff that's ruining my fucking life? Pay off my Invisalign because these things are the worst. Oh, wait, actually, I do have a crazy bitch of the week. I'm sorry. Let me loop. It'll all come back together, I swear. My crazy bitch of the week is the finance lady at my orthodontist who called me last week and said they forgot to charge me for my Invisalign for four months in a row. And I'm just sitting there silently. I'm like, well, that sounds like a you problem, Candace. And she was like, well, I just need to know. Candace, you lost your fucking job. Yeah. Ooh, Candace, sounds like this phone. Because like, I've been on the other side of that, not to that degree, but like when you have to tell somebody bad news, you rush through it. So she's like trying to rush me off the phone. I'm like, no, no, we're going to sit here and chat about this, Candace. Like you fucked up. Let's discuss it. She was like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm like, what do you think I want you to do? I don't want you to do anything. I'd prefer you just continue to not charge me. That would be ideal. Take that invoice and throw it in the trash. Yeah, burn this. Let's pretend we never spoke, Candace. Talk to you never. And she was like, okay, I understand. And like hung up on me, like angry at me for being an idiot. So Candace is my crazy bitch of the week. But anyway, if I won the lottery, I'd pay off my teeth. Um, I would probably, I don't know. I'd be boring. I'd go on a trip. Yeah, no, that's not boring. That's exciting. I go to Greece, but I go to Greece for a while and I would pay somebody to do my job, aka quit probably. I don't know. It depends on how much I won. I would pay all of my clients not to email me for three weeks while I was in Greece. Like every single day that you don't send me an email about something that bothers you, I will pay you a thousand dollars. That's a lot of money though, Skylar, and you have a lot of clients. It'd be worth it. Trust me. My friend got won a lawsuit where actually I want to have him on the podcast, but he won this lawsuit where this guy, after this guy punched him in the face, he won $120,000. He said he spent that within a summer. He flew to Rome first class, stayed in the Liberace suite and was drinking champagne out of the bottle as he ordered hookers. Who are your parents? Right. Let you do that. So his, he was like, my family financially destroyed that family because the guy punched him in the face and broke his nose. I was going to say, like, he had to have broken a bone or something. But, like, my friend took that money and burned it all the way to Italy. Good for him. Yeah, but I, I'm like, that would be me. I'd be like, yeah, let's go to Rome in the Liberace suite and order champagne. What does the Liberace suite look like? Like, the I will Liberace suite sounds photo. dusty, if you're asking me. It probably sounds like you're not sleeping very much, because I just feel like everything would be a reflective surface. Oh, so you'd be doing a lot of cocaine, you mean? Also, probably, but... Oh, you just meant it would be light. There'd I just be... mean, like, bright. You're just not getting any rest there. If I were to get a lot of money, I think I'd go on a trip as well. Yeah. But I also think I'd buy a Chanel bag, which just shows how materialistic I fucking am. But I'm a Taurus, and that's how we roll. Yeah. When I read that in my horoscope, that was like, really likes nice things, likes designer brands. I'm like, this feels like a personal attack from this woman at L. I'm like, did I go to college with this bitch? She wrote a completely different one for your issue. And then the rest of the world got something different. (laughs) Oh, my friend, John, the one who also went to the Liberace suite, he called me, he goes, Hannah, I just started TikTok. That was like um, the basketball net was looser than a a girl named Hannah's pussy. And I was like, God damn it. Hannah is a slutty kind of low key slutty name. I don't think of Hannah as a slutty name. I'm trying to think of the sluts I know. Honestly, the sluts I know named Hannah, which is just myself. You're living up to it? Well, you know, there was that time in Atlantic City. (laughs) (laughs) Those times. (laughs) I just feel like all of the slutty people I know have names that are like very traditionally Catholic, like Kathleen's and Catherine's. 
Anything that you can turn into Katie is basically. Uh, I know a few Megans who are slutty. But yeah. I also think it's an abundance of the name. You know, there are a yeah. ton of Katie's. There are a ton of Megan's. Amanda's kind of slutty. I feel like Amanda was a very 80s name. So I feel like I probably went to preschool with a girl named Amanda. And then she never made it to the rest of my life. Whereas I know a ton of Katie's and Sarah's and Jessica's. There are a ton of babies being born named Skylar now. So I'm really hoping they don't fuck it up for the rest of us. Well, you know, every generation gets sluttier and sluttier. So there are going to be a lot of slutty Skylers. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah, it's going to be like, whoa, your mom's name is Skylar? Damn, how many kids are there in your family? Because her <laughs> pussy is loose. I mean, as long as I'm a hot mom, I'll own it. But hot parents, you don't realize till they're older. Like when I was younger, I was never like, that's a hot dad. It's like, you don't know a hot dad until you're like in your 20s. Because then you're like, oh, I can appreciate Looks? what you got going on adult Paul. looks mm-hmm. now I'm realizing at 28 almost every dude is bald so my dad has long hair now like to his shoulders yeah and he's like do you know how lucky you are to my mom and I was like mm. but then I look around I'm like yeah most guys are bald yeah I just think it's karma from treating women like shit that men lose their hair like the feeling that women have to get every time they put on clothes or every time a photo is taken of them is how men feel the first time their hair falls out. Yeah. And even then, half of them just put like a hat on and they're like, this is fine. Whereas with us, we're like, well, what else can we do? Like, I need to, I can't just like wear a big sweatshirt. I need to lose the weight. I think that's why it's rude to wear a hat indoors is because women can't see your hairline. I believe a woman made up that law where she's like, you're inside, sir. You have to take off your hat because I need to know if I want to fuck you. I agree. I hope that was, the, I hope that's what she did. She was doing a service. Yeah, you That's don't why wanna... I think it's dangerous to date men and start at the apartment because you don't know if they've gained weight. You don't know if they've lost hair. Yeah, maybe you could get murdered or worse. They could be bald and a lot heavier than their photos. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to meet at a public place always. Always. That's why I have a LinkedIn to do a background check. That's my version of a background check. Same. (laughs) I need two references and one of them has to be a barber. Someone had to have seen your head in the past three weeks. Um, I have a crazy bitch of the week. Yeah. Travis Barker, it was shown that he was sucking Kourtney Kardashian's finger. It was like a video of him sucking her finger Mm -hmm. at a UFC fight. And I was like, that is such a sign of how much the wealth. Like they're out in public yeah. at an event right now, sucking someone's finger. That is how you know that that man is vaccinated and he doesn't meet the criteria. No, not even close. That's how you know he's fucking, those people are better than you because they're sucking fingers in public. Yeah. Also, I was going to ask why, but at this point, after we've gone through all these fetishes, I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't even know what I don't you know. You sucked your boyfriend's finger? No. Because honestly, pre-COVID, I'd be like, this is gross. I don't know what you've been doing. I don't know where you've been. You don't think it's kind of hot sometimes? To suck a finger? Yeah. Try it. It's kinda I'll, let you, I'll report back. How about that? It's kind of a hot move is sucking a finger. I mean, maybe, but like, isn't there, like if they're eating something, I'm not just going to go, I'm not going to go out there into the living room after well, this. Unless he's eating your pussy. Yeah. But like, you don't want to be, obviously if he's eating like hot wings, you're not going to be like, here, let me, you know, Cheetos. You're not going to be licking the dust. See, that's when I would get on board with it. Like, I'm getting something out of this. <laughs> yeah. you're like, I you're want like, a treat. I'm hungry. Give me your hand. You're going to go out and buy him Doritos just so you can. <laughs> It's kind of like a hot sexual. Buy Doritos and throw away all the paper towels in this apartment. And then we're <laughs> going to get down to business. Yeah, like, sorry, the hand soap is out, but my mouth is open. Sorry, I had the super turn off the water. Bring it on over. <laughs> Would he be that opposed where you have to turn off the water, Skylar? You gotta I mean, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it right. I want it. I want to be the only thing. I want to be the only option. Well, you got to do it when the mood strikes. You have to be in a sexual when you don't have water, you can't clean your hands in any other way, but the only person that can do it for you is sitting right there. Mood, immediate. I, I think you're thinking about this wrong, is what I'm I saying. think you are understanding how I am. No, you just got to get sexy with it and then maybe suck his finger. Hannah, I love forced fun and I love 
the least spontaneous sexual act a human being can do. This is just who I am as a person. I'm about to send him a Google Calendar invite right now for 10.30 p.m. A finger cleaning? For finger licking. I dare you right now to send him a Google Calendar event of a finger cleaning at 10.30 p.m. It's going to go to his work email so it, uh, he knows it's real. I don't think we're making fun of him for having dirty fingernails. Probably. He would take offense to it. He'd be like, what the fuck are you guys talking about on there? Big, well, you killed the mood and then we wouldn't do it. And I'd save myself. Yeah. I think just maybe I would definitely have been washed his hands before, but like. Doesn't that take away the spontaneity though? Like, isn't it supposed to be like, Ooh, Hey, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Have him go outside and, and, uh, I'll have him take a lap. I'll sit here, get myself Watch all the poles on the way and then suck his fingers. Yeah. Get on the train. <laughs> and then I'm ready. So do you have sex in hazmat suits or what's going on over there? <laughs> yeah, no, it's very much just like uh, the Amish. We just have we cut the hole in the sheet and get it done. And then we're good. Um, I know that you, everyone is afraid of turning 30, but guess who can get vaccinated? Oh, are you getting vaccinated this week? I'm going to try to, I'm going to register to get vaccinated. I don't know when it'll actually happen, but the fact that I can do it before anybody that told me I'm not allowed to wear skinny jeans is the fucking. My producer is telling me to wrap it up. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Matt, you want to join the podcast? (laughs) Can I tell them about your uh, vaccine situation? (laughs) Yeah. 30-year-olds can now get vaccinated, but we got COVID tested and the doctor asked him how much he weighed mm-hmm. because the doctor thought you were obese. Oh. <laughs> but he's not. He's not obese. You're not obese. Just overweight. Just overweight. You should have just leaned into it for the cause. Like, you, you can be a lot of things to get yourself vaccinated. Skylar, I wear size four, 34 jeans now. I want to show that off. Not willing to let that go, you know, to save his life. um all right well should we bring out our i guess we'll introduce our guest yes Um, so excited yeah she's so great our guest today she is can you not yawn so loud when i'm trying to intro the guest of a podcast that i care so much about this is my life (laughs) do you know how people would kill to be in here probably yeah. like 30 You're in the room with the magic it's unreal yeah. room. anyway um our guest today she's so great she's Skylar. she's i think the first guest where i was like oh do you jessica kirsten and you're like yeah i'm so excited and nothing so I- because i saw her at the comedy cellar once and i was with my boyfriend and his friends and uh she called them out for looking like date rapists. And it was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life because it was true for yeah. that and so many other reasons. Yeah, she's a she's a producer, actress, comedian, Jessica Kirsten. She has a podcast called Relatively Sane. And we're very lucky yeah, to have it. show coming out called Hysterical on FX on Hulu. It's a documentary about female comedians. So I'm really excited to see it. Yeah. Didn't ask, wasn't asked to be in it. A little funded by that. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, yeah, Jessica Kirsten. All right, let's do it. Twitter is so, like, I wouldn't have known there was a shooting today if I didn't just go on Twitter. Like, I don't even watch the news, but I, I it's like, you, I, ugh, I see the worst things on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I use Twitter for news and then... Well, I actually did want to talk about the thing that's that was kind of happening yesterday on the canceling stuff. And um, I feel like everyone's canceling each other. Or if I like a tweet, that might be offensive. And then I'm like, think like, I really appreciate comedians like you who are like, fuck this. Like, but I feel like also you're more established and like, I know it's people know you. And respect <laughs> you. <laughs> it is. It's a big problem. It's a, still a big problem for me, too. It's like it's a huge problem. Because you have to make a decision. I mean, either, I mean, this is the thing. I have so much out there that could already cancel me that at this point, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've said literally thousands of things that could cancel me. So it's like, I just might as well keep saying what I want to say because it's it's all coming from a, a kind place. It's never coming from a mean place. And I feel like either you're going to be the kind of comic who's very, very safe and never edgy and 
you know, you have to really think about every joke you do, every tweet you make, everything, or you're going to just be who you are and say what you want to say and risk. I mean, you might not be on like the Tonight Show, but you could still have a special. You could still be huge and fill theaters and, you know, have an amazing career. Yeah, because I do remember, like, I feel like there was one point where, like, someone tried to cancel you and so many comedians came to you that were like, no, this is not happening. (laughs) I can't imagine that initial gut reaction of like, is this it? Like, or it was horrible. It was so enraging. I mean, first of all, COVID was going on and my entire schedule was wiped out and I have kids. Like it's, this is, this is serious that like, it's my life. It's my, I mean, I support my children and it's not a game and it's not, it's not a joke. And also not, not to be sad, but this is really what happened. And this is the truth. My father had just passed and you know in April right after COVID hit um he passed of cancer and then I this this comic in LA a younger black female comic posted a a video of me on Facebook I think it went into like some Facebook group and then it was posted on Twitter and it was me doing a black character which I've done since the day I started stand-up I'm not exaggerating I started in 1999 I my first show was at Caroline's on Broadway and I did that character and everyone loved that character I mean I've I've done it on Howard Stern for years I've done it everywhere and everyone loved it there was never a problem and I was actually doing that character making fun of Trump and the character, the video was just put out, it was from 2016, and it and it made me, it made it look like I was making fun of black women. And it was so crazy. I got attacked and I, I my immediate reaction was to get defensive because I was so, like, how dare you call me? And then they were like, just admit it, you're a fucking racist. And I'm like, no, I'm not saying that, fuck you. Like, I was like, don't, you know, don't try to force me to say something I'm not. And they were pissed that I didn't just bow down and apologize right away. And I was getting the craziest messages and threats and physical threats. And, you know, a couple, 99% of the comics just went crazy on Twitter and Facebook and defended me in clubs and were like, out of all people, you're attacking Jessica. She's the nicest person. She's a lesbian. She's middle-aged. She's heavy. She's Jewish. She's, I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, she's and also that that has to be a defense or like, that's like, you know what I mean? I like, it's so pathetic. The whole thing is just sickening. And, and I actually don't do that character on stage hardly ever anymore because I know it might upset certain people. And it's my decision. Like, I, I, I would do it if I want. But, you know, I don't, I do it once once a year maybe and it's and it's usually for black people in the audience and they die laughing and it's to make white people uncomfortable but um but you know these younger comics who were just starting out were attacking me and i was also like you know what i'm your fucking elder i've been doing this for 22 years there's a very big thing in comedy you know i've been talking to a lot of comics about it lately at my level female comics there's not a lot of respect um, some female comics are very respectful of us. When I started out, I was like a geisha girl with Judy <laughs> Gold and Margaret Cho. And so when I met them, I was like, hi, is there anything I can do? For you? I was like, I was shake. I was so, they were like mentors to me. And I was so like, I felt like nothing to them. I mean, they were my idols, but now it's, there's not a lot of, uh, I feel like a lot of these young female comics are starting out and they're not really respectful and it's gross it really is because we've been through hell and we've paved the way for a lot of comics coming up we've 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 you know made it easier just like that went before me make it made it a lot easier for me um so i eventually ended up having like private conversations with a couple of people and working it out but it was such an insane experience and i'm i'm still um but yes it did it did go through my mind like this is it my whole everything I've worked for it's scary yeah fuck. yeah no it's interesting that you say it is a it was a younger comic because I do think it's like that's the first go-to is like let's try to cancel this person instead of being like if you have a if she really had a problem with it why didn't she just go to you and talk to you about it but it's like to start posting things in groups and making accusations it's like it's just the weirdest thing to me. And that's why the internet I think is ruining comedy, but well, it's ruining a lot of things. It's, it's really a problem. And listen, 
if anything, it's going to hurt her more than me. That's what I realized because um, I, I do, because I've worked very hard at it, I have a lot of respect from the community and agents and managers and club owners. And, and so people were like, this is insane. Like they thought it was hilarious. They were like this out of all people, Jessica. Um, and also a couple of comics that I've helped, you know, turned on me and posted stuff on Twitter. And I was like, oh no, I mean, I'm a very nice person, but if you fuck with me like that, you're out, like you're done. I'm a Scorpio, like you are out. And you just don't bite the hands that feed you in this business. Yeah. I, I'm a producer now. I have other projects I'm producing. And it's just, I don't know, everyone, I'm I'm always shocked by people who try to cancel. I'm, I'm shocked by comics who try to cancel other comics or at least publicly say stuff that, that are starting out or newer who don't even have a following. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what makes you think this is going to help you in any way? Yeah. It's almost like they want to go viral from it. Even if I was so offended by something, I could never, I just can't imagine me like, I'm going to post this and have people attack them. Like, I'm I don't see how- disgusted by some things I see. Yeah. I'm disgusted by some things my friends post and say. I don't agree with what anything they say and anything they do. I don't agree with what they, who they are politically or anything, but, but you know what? They have a right to say it and it's free speech. And you know, Yes, there is a fine line, but it's like, what's okay and what's not okay? Is it yeah. Jewish? So it's okay for me to talk about being Jewish, but is it okay for me to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm married to a woman, so I can talk about that. Am I allowed to talk about gay men because I'm in the community, but I'm not a gay man? Like, what is okay and what isn't okay? And I just will not silence myself because I can't be a comedian if I do that. I can't do this. Like, it, it would be so horrific. Just to not say the things I want to say. Well, and yeah, so I was listening to your, the latest episode of your podcast, and um, I'm so sorry, I can't remember the name of your guest, but she was on Arsenio Hall, and she... Oh, Le um, yeah, um, Leah Delaria. Yeah, and she was saying that she had said, uh, I, I don't even think I could say, you know, she was saying words about being a dyke, and Arsenio went to bat for her, like, she should be able to say that. Yeah. And now it's like, with Twitter and everything else and canceling, it's like, you can't do that. But she really did open, like, she was the first, like she said, the she first gay comic on. Yeah. That was in the eighties. Right. The I don't even remember when, but look where we are now. It's like, what, what is happening? I, yeah. I, I just, and I feel bad for you guys. You're both stand-ups. Just her. I do writing, but I could never, I could never do what you guys do. I don't think. Right. We'll never find but, out. I mean, maybe you, maybe you will, but I'm just saying, it's like, I feel bad for people who are in their first 10, 15 years. Cause it's like, oh, the fact that you have to be a comedian and watch what you're saying is just, and we all do, by the way, it's not just you. I mean, there are so many things I want to say that I hold back from saying every single comic is doing that now. Yeah. Everyone, especially by the way, the biggest, you know, a lot of famous people, I talk to people all the time who are huge, who are like, I'm not saying a word right now. Like yeah, just yeah. quiet. I think about my first two years and stuff I said, I'm like, if those videos ever got out, I'd probably be canceled. I don't even remember what I said, but it wasn't <laughs> good. They weren't funny jokes. I was just trying. And so, and that's why it's interesting too, younger comedians like canceling because it's like, you're trying stuff out too. So why are you, I don't, it just is very interesting. Yeah, you're limiting yourself just because you're afraid of saying something wrong. It's like, well, you're not going to get very far with that. Like, yeah. yeah so. And the people that are trying to do the quote unquote canceling or not even canceling, but trying to like out someone else for them, you know, being offensive or whatever, they're normally not talented. Right. They're normally <laughs> not funny. They fucking suck on stage for the most part. I mean, have you ever seen someone who's incredibly funny who starts something? And, and tries to get, you know, get someone in trouble. It's, it's normally someone who's really dull as a performer or as an artist. So, and then you, you see what's happening. Then people go into their past and to their tweets. And so then you're like, oh, excuse me. Look, what about all these things you said? Yeah. Like, you're an idiot. It's like they give up on writing a joke and it just feels easier finding someone else's to like blow up. But then they get caught for saying the things they said or videos they made years ago. It, it's yeah. just, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's going to keep going on, to be honest with you. It just can't because 
we've all said and done things we regret. And that's what comedy is. It's tragedy plus time. It's, it's about angst and dark things. It's what am I supposed what are we supposed to do? Go on stage and talk about rainbows and unicorns and jelly beans. Like this is not funny. Trying to write a nice joke that doesn't offend anyone is (laughs) impossible. That's funny is literally impossible. It is. And quite honestly, I feel like depending on your humor, you'd almost want to offend the people that are going to get offended anyway. You're like, I don't really want you around. So yeah, that's what I do. I mean, I have a little more license to do that because I've been doing it so long. But when I see people are offended, I go so dark and I just try to offend them more. I love seeing it's so I say to people, I said this the other night on stage, I said, just looking at some of your faces makes me so grateful for my life. Like just (laughs) looking at how stupid and how uptight you are and how sensitive you're getting. It is so horrible to live like that. You know, I'm so grateful I'm not like that. And they laugh because they know it's true. Yeah, I truly can't imagine living a life where I was offended by everything. Because right now it's just... The internet. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible not to. And I guess because I do comedy, I'm like less offended by stuff. But yeah, it's it's incredible. But it, it is interesting seeing, you know, a comic at your level. Like, I appreciate, again, it's like kind of paving the way again, because you're like, stand up for, you know, what's funny. <laughs> yeah, what's funny and like double down. But there is a fine line, like you said, but it's so interesting watching comedy just crumble on twitter and instagram (laughs) and facebook it's like jesus but then live it's so funny because you're right like on online it's crumbling and a mess and like what is going on but then live comedy i think is going to be booming like i think people are going to run out to the clubs to watch stand up i think it's going to be huge i really do truly and i think too it's interesting that comedy is the one main art form where they're like don't bring your phone because with music yeah. and, you know, I went to a museum with my friend and they were letting us take pictures because they want it to be promoted. And usually you want to be promoted, but mm. with stand up, it's like, do not record because if we say one thing out of context, that could ruin our whole career. And so that's kind of sad so too. It's so bad that you guys have to feel that way. That's horrible. Because when I started, I was like, I mean, how long have you been doing it? Uh, I started mm, seven years ago. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, that's a hard time anyway. Seven years in is a tough time because you're like, I'm funny. I'm getting big laughs. I'm like at this level where I feel like I should be doing more, but like, what am I doing? And then COVID, it's just like a seven years is a weird time. I'm glad you and, said that. Thank you. Because that's exactly <laughs> how I feel. I taught comedy for years and I always would tell comics that seven years in is always a weird six, seven, eight years. You're like, I feel like I should be doing more, making more money, but like, I don't know how to get to that place. I don't know. It's, it's strange. It's a growing spurt at that time. Yeah. Cause then yeah. you see other people making it and you're like, shit. I know, but I was never the one just to make you feel better. I was never the one that made it quickly. Things always, I mean, I, I got work and I would get television stuff, but I never got things handed to me ever. And thank God I didn't because I got stuff when I was really ready. And when I got it, I crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than just getting handed stuff right away. There were, there were women that got so much when I was first starting and I was like, Oh my God, why are they getting that? You know, some of them don't even do stand up anymore or they're like, you know, just doing bar shows like 25 years in. I mean, what you see now is not how it's going to be in 10 years. Yeah, because I think it's when people get it handed to them, it's like they try less hard. Like people I know who are opening for huge comedians like three years in, they're not doing as well now because it's like they couldn't try new jokes or anything because they're opening for huge comedians at theaters. So it's like you can't- I never did that. I never did that because I, a lot of huge comedians didn't want me to open for them because I would do well on stage. And also I wasn't the hot, young, you know, tits out, showing my asshole comic so um, i mean i am and i'm still not the day <laughs> opener so <laughs> what do you think i feel <laughs> I'm like, we're in bikinis on stage they're like we're good uh thanks 
<laughs> that is so, well, you're in a relationship. That's a, that's a, if you, maybe, maybe you need to be single. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, this is new in COVID. Yeah. I'm going to dump him as soon as COVID's over. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> God, you got to dump him and then just keep now just go up naked. I mean, stakes are high. No. I'm yeah. Going. The pressure's on. <laughs> I got a, I got a pelt on here. I'm like, I got to get back into shape yeah. before this thing's over. That's all up. that matters. Forget about the jokes. You don't have to write. You don't have to do anything. You just got to get that body get it tight. <laughs> tight. You got to get that body tight and you'll get a lot of spots. Yeah. Uh, that's never going to happen as well. So I get, I get it. It's, it's just, it's, it's a weird time, but I, I, you can't, there will be no comedy if everyone has to censor themselves. There'll be no, and plus it's, it's, you see all these people pushing back you know, the Tim Dillon, the, all these guys. I mean, it's just not going to work. And let's forget about them because I'm not talking about them because I don't even honestly swear I don't know where they stand politically, the people we just even mentioned. Yeah, but no, I don't either. <laughs> I know a lot of comics, male and female, not just male, that were pretty, uh, you know, liberal. And because they've been silenced so much and told what they can and can't say, and they've become more conservative. Not about social issues. I'm not talking yeah, about yeah. not about abortion, all that other stuff. Yeah. But about like freedom of speech and being told, you know, it's like it does the opposite. That that radical extreme liberals liberalism, in fact, I think makes a lot of people more conservative. It makes people act out more and be like, fuck you. You want to tell me what I can and can't say? Now I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go against you and go the other way. Yeah, you saw that you saw a lot of people vote for Trump because of that and become Republicans. And well, it's also too hard if you're painting someone as something as one thing, like you can't say this because that means you're this thing. It's like, right now, isn't that isn't that worse? <laughs> yeah, like you're putting an assumption on me. So how is that? It just feels I know, like we're trying to make sides here and there shouldn't be sides and we're all comics. So like, shouldn't we? I don't know if it's because it's such a competitive industry that people are just like out for each other, but it just feels like, I don't know. I, I hate having enemies period. I have the worst anxiety. So if anyone hates me, I like, I'm I can't, so sorry. Yeah, I can't handle it. So I can't, but that's bad for comedy too. Like I should be able to have an opinion and stand by it, you know, or no, I do, but like speak. Up. I don't know. You're like most comics. I mean, I'm very close with a lot of comics. I've been friends with people for 20 years and we a lot of us feel that way we don't want people not to like us the whole a lot of the reason why we do stand up is to be liked and yeah, be that's accepted, true. yeah you know and we never feel like we fit in and we want everyone to prove of us but i don't think i'll ever be the kind of person who'll just say whatever i want and not care what people think that's just not who i am i mean i'll always care what people think but i don't know i don't know it's a you're right it's a very weird time it really is because I look at it like there's things I don't say for business reasons because I run a business. I mean, I'm my own business. So if I'm going to put something out publicly, I have to think about it before I do it because I'm yeah. presenting myself in a business way. Yeah. And it, kind of pivoting, but you have four daughters, right? Yeah. With them, do you feel like you censor or like, obviously not censor yourself, but like there's anything you don't want them to see or? Well, you know what? I don't want them to see such division and hatred. And that that's what's very upsetting to me. The fact that they're, my oldest is 14 and a half and she's very aware. I mean, she's a social justice warrior. She's very funny and edgy and like gets it. Mm -hmm. Like her, her wall is like Black Lives Matter and all this other shit. She's so cool. But she's also like, she thinks I'm hysterical and loves how like crazy and edgy I am. But she said to me yesterday, she's like, mom, I just don't want you to get canceled. Like she gets so afraid that I'm going to huh. lose my career if I say something or do something. Um, and I, it's sad to me that she has to, you know, that they all are going to be in this world where there's such division and people are so hateful towards each other and judge each other so much. And there's no unity. It's so, it's really sad. It really is. And, it's also uh, like the whole idea that you need whatever, especially like with kids that have had the internet now forever. But like anything you said when you were 14 years old, you apparently had to know the smartest way and the least offensive way to say it at right. 14 because in 30 years, it's still going to exist there. That's, well, that's the dumbest part of the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. People evolve. Like right. 
I've been in therapy for years. Like I'm a different person than I was a year ago. I'm a different person than I was six months ago. I mean, you, you can't bring up something someone did 25 years ago and be like, that's that person now. Right. And plus, if someone says, I'm sorry, and works on themselves, what more do you need them to do? I mean, I mean, Jesus, that's a huge thing to do. It's just crazy. I mean, listen, I'm not talking about, again, there's a line there. If someone rapes someone. Oh, I mean, yeah. Or, you know, beat their kid every day or like, you know, beat their wife or whatever it is. That's yeah. a different story to me. Right. Yeah. Like if you said something when you were dumb, you know, you were uninvolved and you're a kid, whatever, that's it like give people, like, there's no, um, what's it called? Like there's no forgiveness. It's so right. crazy to me. The level of like, you're done, like the zero tolerance of like, that's what they're calling zero tolerance. I'm like, no, that's not horrible. Yeah, I, I don't ever teach my children that. I always want them to learn how to grow, become better people. You know, I would tell them if they said to me, Mama, what what kind of guy should I go for? What kind of girl should I go? I'd, I'd always say someone who's kind and who's willing to work on themselves. So those are the mm-hmm. two most important things. You yeah. have to be with someone who's willing to work on themselves. Like, and and that and a lot of people are, and they do work on themselves, and they should get credit for that zero tolerance i mean who wants zero tolerance and who's perfect right literally <laughs> i also think it's like if we're telling people that it's bad what they did 15 years ago like completely canceling them then you're like okay so then we're not encouraging other people to change because it wouldn't matter anyway that's such a good point point. and that's why i think the the divide of you know there's this division because people are like, well, if I can't change, like if I'm bad because of this thing, I this didn't- is just how I am, which yeah. is like my least favorite thing. When people say they're like, this is who I am. I'm like, okay, good. So you've always sucked. Great. Yeah. It's like such a cop out, but it's, um, but then we're also giving younger kids phones and like TikTok, <laughs> and I see 15 year olds crying on TikTok about a breakup. And I'm like, you're going to regret this, babe. Yeah. And oh it's, <laughs> And that to me is embarrassing. There should be an age limit or an age minimum for Twitter or even any of these because this is going to bite them in the ass. I mean, what is, I, I know I sound old, but I don't mean it. Like, I know you guys would even say this, like, what's next? I yeah. mean, seriously, this is going so fast. The way, I cannot believe how much my daughter Zoe is on TikTok and, and snapping. It is the craziest thing. I, I mean, it, and it's so fast and it's so extreme, like how mm-hmm. fast she does it and is on it and checking this and checking that and swiping and did it in pictures of it. And I'm like, what is, what's after this? Like, is it going to be an invisible thing that's in your skin? Like what? Yeah. Where is this going? I really mean it. Like, what is it going to be like 10 years from now? No one has an attention span anymore. Everyone's yeah. on Adderall. It's, <laughs> it's a nightmare. Everyone, everyone. Because every child's medicated. I mean, not every, but I'm not kidding. At least half. Because when I was in high school, I was like, maybe people didn't talk about it when they were on medication, but I'm pretty sure no one I knew was on medication. No. no. Like, I, I got on Zoloft when I was like 19 or 20 because my parents were like, you're not going to get medicated before you're out of high school. Yeah. Right? Your brain develop a tiny bit more. Because there are certain things where I'm like, I'm sure I was 12. I'm like, I'm depressed. And I'm sure three days later, I'm like, I'm good now. Like, that's just called having a bad day. Like, yeah. And some people, I mean, I, I know there's, yeah. there's then, some issues. Now you're in the throes of depression. You're like, oh, this is what that feels like. The problems now with teenagers are so complex. It's, yeah. it's insane. I'm around my kid and her friends and I'm like, whoa, this is a lot. This is like t- their 20s. This is, this it, is too fast. Is it because they have so much access, you think? Yes. It's like they see everything. You see what people are doing 24 hours a day. You see who likes your stuff, who comments, who comments on other people's stuff. You know, everyone's pictures, the bodies, the, like, you remember, I mean, listen, I would, the only time I saw people was when I went to school or if I saw them at like 7-Eleven or a Wawa or like the school parking lot or at a movie theater. Like I, you can see people all day and and then there's guys and there's girls and who's this one and it's like, it, it becomes this obsession. Yeah. about tracking people and and who they're with and who they like and who and you know they're so hard on themselves about their looks and I mean, I, girls always are but this is to the extent where I've never seen it, it's insane well because also they're face tuning and they're changing how they look on the internet so it's oh, like God. girls will see how other girls look and be like oh I need to look like this and that's how eating disorders are born 
but they don't even actually look like that too. They're changing the, they're yeah. using an app to make it smaller. I don't know. So crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. Cause I wasn't popular in high school and that ruined me. I'm a, doing comedy now. So <laughs> I can only imagine there's internet popularity too on top of that. Right. Internet popularity is a big thing. Like how many followers you have, how many likes you get, how many, and then they have like private chats, private groups, and you might not be a part of it and you get, and then they mm. talk about each other and it's so insane. So does your, your daughter does have social media then? Oh yeah. She's 14 and a half. Plus she's an actress. She's stunning. She's like five, six, very developed. Like she's such a good girl, but she's just like, oh my God, it's just a lot. Like we went out to the <laughs> diner yesterday and she's so out there. She's like a hippie. So she wears like, you know, a tight shirt with these big, you know, the flowy pants with like rips all over and, and Doc Martens and like, and I'm like, Zoe, even if it's like 90 degrees out, I'm like, you need to put a trench coat on. Like, I'm like <laughs> she's going into the pool. I'm like, where's the snowsuit? Like, I'm always trying to cover. Because like men are vermin. They're disgusting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, but then I want, it's very hard because I want her to be her own person and be an individual. That's the whole thing now. They all want to, they're feminists. Yeah. So they all feel like they should be able to dress however they want. And it doesn't matter if men are, you know, like that, that's their problem. They they're she'll still should be able to dress however they want and own it. I remember I was trying to be a vigilante when I was like 50 with my cousin. We would get on sex websites and have guys send us penises and we'd print them out to bring oh to the FBI. <laughs> we thought we were gonna do this. Okay, this is me and my cousin. And then my mom found this folder of dicks. <laughs> And she was like, what is Folder going on? Of, that should be the name of your DVD. Folder of dicks. <laughs> Folder of dicks. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, thank God I didn't have a TikTok and an Instagram and a Twitter at that age. Like I was on AIM chat and uh, <laughs> that was dangerous enough. And I just. It was. That was dangerous. That was intense too. Can you imagine that compared to this? It's just crazy because anyone can DM you. And I mean, Ugh. the DMs. I, I'm sure you get them too all the time. It's just. I still get them. And I'm like, not even someone you'd think would get them a lot. I, I get crazy. I get, people are nuts. What's your craziest DM? Do you have one that's, that I you can remember? People get really mad at me because they think they're friends with me. And then they're mm -hmm. like, why are you not getting back to me? I'm like, who are you? My God. What makes you think that I'm going to get right back to you? Like they could, they'll send me a message and then they'll get back, they'll get back later that night. This is someone I've never met, just a stalkery fan. I'd be like, why are you not getting back to me? It's scary because I'm like, yeah. I don't answer. And I always save them because I'm like, this person's going to kill me. So at least my children will have like evidence of me. <laughs> so that's literally what goes through my brain. So um, eventually, thank God, people stop. But I've had some weird, like I had, I had someone who, I've had a couple of people who've like, tried to befriend my whole family my daughter like yeah. weird shit yeah I guess she, are you scared to block them because then you won't have like their whereabouts mm -hmm. when, I don't think you're supposed to block them I think it eggs them on it gets yeah. them more and plus they can create all these other accounts and then find other ways of getting in touch with you I don't yeah. know that's the thing about tagging locations too like it's yeah. scary well, it scares me with stand-up. My mother freaks me out with that. She's always like, it really worries me. Like, you'll be in the middle of Oklahoma and everyone knows where you are and someone could just walk in with a gun. I'm like, thanks for saying that. <laughs> I appreciate you telling me that right before I'm about to fly to Oklahoma by myself. Like, now I'm picturing someone coming into the club with a fucking handgun. But it's she's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've had that fear of like, I'm not even a headliner. And I'm like, I don't think I'm ready to be a headliner because I know someone's just, that's what's going to happen to me. That's my, they're waiting for you to blow up so <laughs> yeah. they can blow you up. <laughs> no, literally. That's my fear. <laughs> and it's, yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, that's why I'm not a headliner. I'm scared of getting shot. That's it, guys. <laughs> I'm just protecting um, myself. Are you, middle, are you a middle act? Yeah. Good. And, but it's still, yeah, it's still scary that comedy clubs, I'm surprised they don't have metal detectors because that is scary because people get I know, so especially mad now I just feel like they got to be on top of all this shit I mean really I, I work at the cellar you know I mean it's like you walk downstairs it's very you know tight 
it's anyone could walk down there with anything. Mm-hmm. I remember this is, you know, crazy story, but I remember after Michelle Wolf did the um, correspondence dinner where oh, she yeah. went off on Trump, remember that? And all yeah. the people, and then we were sitting at the table upstairs in the olive tree in the, in the um, restaurant at the comedy cellar. And she was telling us, she was in the middle of telling us the whole story about how she's had threats, constant death threats since that appearance. And a car, the windows were open to the comedy cellar, to the olive tree, and a car drove by and a tire, you know, the backfired, but it sounded like a gunshot. And we all dropped to the floor at the table. She was in the middle of telling us the story and we thought someone was shooting at her. That's Isn't that horrible. God. Yeah, I literally just got goosebumps because I'm like, I that know. is, it's a fear. It's a, and because it's like you, again, you don't want to not say what you don't want to say and push the envelope, but then it's like now people are so crazy that they can track you down, literally. I mean, the good thing is you could track them down too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it, is a, it is a weird time. I do think there's going to be a lot more security uh, at the clubs. I do. Um, I think it's good that people are kind of getting checked more and phones are being taken more and yeah do you when do you think clubs will open back up I don't know where you are I mean in New York City they're opening April 2nd April 2nd they're opening at 33 percent capacity yeah I'm in New York but um I I was actually moving home so that's great timing but um (laughs) But I know you have to go at 7.45, so I just... Where, where's home? Wait, where are you moving to? Uh, Virginia, D.C. Oh, cool. Uh, well, D.C. Improv is an amazing club. And Arlington Draft House is great. And um, so they do have good clubs. I'm, if they start opening, I might do it there. I just like didn't want to sign a lease in this because I work from home. So I was like, I'm not... Oh, well, that makes complete sense. And again, I mean, contact me when you move because Allison's great at the DC improv. She's, she's wonderful. She's very supportive of female comics and they're, they're starting to do shows there very soon. Cool. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, well, yeah. So I know we only have a few more minutes, but I like to always leave on, do you have, um, one secret you don't want your mom to know, I guess, or your daughters too, but that might be a trickier (laughs) one. (laughs) Well, I've said it publicly, but I sold pot for years. I used to have pounds of pot. Can you imagine doing this now? I, when I was in my 20s, I was such a pothead, and I had pounds of pot sent to me from California, and I was a pot dealer to pot dealers. Isn't this insane? That's awesome. I, yeah, it was cool. I, I, and I literally would take out a scale and like weigh out like ounces of pot, pounds of pot, and sell it to people. And I lived off of that for years. And, Were you um, growing it? No, I had it sent to me from California. I could have been put in jail for life. I mean, it's so crazy that I did that. I did that. Yeah. I know. I know. How did you get it sent to you? Were, was it like... Well, the interesting thing is it started with my friend Pam, who I grew up with being like, I got the best pot in California. I'll send you an ounce. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Send it to me. It was so cheap. And then she sent it to me a couple more times. And then my friends were like, can you get me some? And can you get me some? So then I kept getting a little bit more. And then I was like, fuck it, I'll start getting a lot. And it just grew into this whole thing. And I was making cash. I was like a pimp. It was great. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like the beginning of Blow. Yeah, this sounds like a great movie. So you <laughs> did <laughs> like the female uh, reboot, but she turns into yeah. a comedian instead of a Coke dealer. Yeah. I actually, I ended up telling my mom at one point, my daughter doesn't know that, but she wouldn't be surprised. She'd be like, of course you did that. <laughs> she she thinks she doesn't. See, that's the thing I, I try to teach her. I mean, I have taught her. I don't try. Um, I really try to teach them not to judge other people. They're just not, they're not judgmental people. And I'm so grateful for that because that would not be easy for me if my kids were judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I feel like I was raised pretty judgmental and that's helped a point of view in comedy, but in my social life, it hasn't really worked out for me. (laughs) Like I definitely had to get into therapy and be like, oh, that's the really bad quality. (laughs) Because like- I can be judgmental too, but I've worked hard on it because I've realized I'm, I have so many things I've had to work on. So who am I to judge anyone? Well, it's kind of like full circle back to the whole Twitter thing. It's like people saying all this stuff and then you're like, oh, look at your past. So we all do it. Yeah. Right. We're all fucked up. <laughs> We're all just seriously sad and I don't know, maybe not everyone's sad, but. But most of us. 
Um, my God. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I just want to keep you on time because I like, um, really appreciate you coming on. This is so nice. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You guys are so adorable. You're just like, (laughs) (laughs) um, but do you want to plug your podcast or anything you're working on or? Yeah, I have a new podcast, uh, Disgusting Hawk, which is, uh, oh, that might have been me. I have a new podcast, Disgusting Hawk, which is on Gas Digital Network. And uh, and it also, I have a YouTube channel. Um, it's posted every week and clips are posted on that. And I I made a movie. I made a documentary, I executive produced. Uh, it's a documentary about female comedians oh, nice. called Hysterical. And it's, it was just in South by Southwest Festival, and it's coming out on FX April 2nd and Hulu April 3rd. You, you have to watch it. Yeah, um, I yeah. definitely will. It. It's all about our story. It's Margaret Chosen, it, Kathy Griffin. It's amazing. Oh, amazing. I can't wait. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com slash safety or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.